0: The Big 12 College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circa Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at sportscircusports.com. Welcome back to the Big 12 College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday afternoon. It is media day officially in the Big 12. I am your co-host, Moneyline Mac, former former video coordinator for Bob Huggins and Frank Martin, and back in my studio, not on the beach anymore, so got the West Virginia backdrop. And I am joined by my co-host. He was born in Provo, Utah. He is a walking contradiction. He, hell, he even has family in Ames, Iowa, and he lives in Morgantown, West Virginia. Everybody, welcome. Rambling Rush, how are you doing, man?
1: Doing great. As, as we talked about, and the same applies to Troy, it's, it's a family affair here in the, the Big 12 Conference. Media Day got started off, and excited to talk about it and the, the storylines with these teams.
0: The storylines indeed, and yes, we are joined by third man in the box. He's always battling a family civil war. He's got family ties in what? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, and Houston. Give it up for the Big 12 guru, Troy Chuni. What's up, man?
2: Definitely uh, Baylor, uh, you know, with UCF coming in. We got UCF family there, Maybe, uh, maybe a girlfriend from Cincinnati or so. You never know. There's there's always something going on. a little bit on. of everything.
1: Troy yeah. spread his seat all over the Big Twelve, it's, so uh, he he can probably except Provo. You got to go do some soaking in Provo, Troy. Man, I I submission. don't
2: know if I can. I don't know if I can soak, man. Uh, soaking might be a little too much. Just no, give me a
1: Ryan to jump on the
0: mattress. We'll we'll we'll, we'll take care of you. Yeah, he needs yeah, you just, to
2: get the waves moving for me. <laughs>
0: Just ask Brandon Davies how that worked out for him, trying to soak out there and uh, bring him young. But, yes, this is the Big 12 college experience, uh, episode number two. And, uh, yeah, we're right into media days. Uh, Commissioner Brett Yormark took uh, the mic, what, two hours ago, got it on in the background. Sonny Dykes was just up there, Lance Leipold. I'll turn it over to you, Rush. Any initial thoughts from the commissioner's remarks, any of the coaches? Obviously, on Friday, we will dive into the Big 12. Uh, Media day as a full recap, but any initial thoughts?
1: Yeah, your mark, nothing too big that was announced. Kind of reiterating his plans to expand and make this a global league. Um, something I did kind of find funny when we were looking up the the times for for the different teams and and going on. They still do everything in Central Time, so uh, I don't I don't know how that'll change over time. But hey, they still consider <laughs> themselves a Central Time Zone league. Uh, something kind of more on the funny side of things was was D- Dana Holgerson. I uh, was watching him talk about his Houston team and how glad he is to be in the big 12 and be bringing in the big 12 money for the big 12 recruiting. You know, he was talking about, Hey, there's a lot coming up for Houston. It's like, dude, you may not even survive the season at Houston. You got to focus in right now. So, uh, and Dana, Dana Holgerson talking about, I was like, yeah, I want a power five job. It's like, dude, you have one. So uh, he, I think he was chasing the money there. He's not quite the the person he was talking about how it's power five and, 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 everything that goes into that so you know a little bit of a money chaser that's pretending not to be but is what it is the,
0: the the question is did he have a red bull or not and if he did what number red bull of the day was it
1: well i think that's that's <laughs> you just answered the question it's not if he had a red bull it's what number he's on at this point so it's i mean what it's about 230 there uh well we'll say the you know 30. one an hours Three yeah. Red Bulls. Yeah, three. I think that's a good over under. But like the half.
2: sixteen ounce, real big, thick ones too, not those little pansy eight point four ounce ones.
0: No, he's hey. Remember, he did coach at Morgantown. He coached yeah. at West Virginia University. It's a those Red Bulls are getting ready to turn into Red Bull Vodka. So yeah, yeah. Big Twelve Guru Troy Chutig, Uh Any initial thoughts on the commissioner's remarks? Any coaches stand out today? Uh, anything that caught your eye?
2: I. I just really like when places decide they're going to pick like one city outside of the United States, and then it's just bam, we're a we're a global league now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Mexico yeah, City's no, I, gonna be wild, they're gonna have to let BYU or someone play down there that's used to the altitude,
1: right? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, and well that was <laughs> that was one of the things that stood out uh with, with the different questions that he took is their efforts to go global with Mexico. Uh, that, that was one of the main points he talked about is, is they're going to have multiple games broadcasted on ESPN Deportes. Obviously, Big 12 in Mexico launching in um, December of 2024, so we're still m- more than a year out from that. But uh, he, he mentioned his efforts to go to New York. They're going to New York with a select uh, amount of coaches here. So he's, all, he's the, just a different background. And you know what? As much as we hate the Dallas Cowboys rush, and Troy is a Dallas Cowboys fan. They do have the best stadium. I mean, that thing, yeah. that place is that you got to give Jerry world a little bit of credit there, right? Troy?
2: Can can we, uh, we got to give Jerry a lot of credit for that one, even though he hasn't won too many important games in that stadium. Um, <laughs> I do want to uh, kind of goof down with Colby and the guys, they were doing their, their big 12 whole league preview from the last couple of nights and. They were so convinced because they didn't know that Jones AT&T Stadium in Lubbock is not AT&T Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and no, T- they. Get,
0: I, I did hear that. <laughs> and everybody, go check out the main sports gambling podcast because, you know, the theme of the show was this league is so fantastic where every game is a toss-up game. And that's what we've been saying about the Big 12 is top to bottom, it is by far the best and most entertaining league in America. So that's why we have a Big 12 college experience because it is the best league, so yeah, go check out that they couldn't comprehend that there was two Joneses at and So that that's great. Uh, the, go ahead, Rush. I was
1: all I was going to say about that stadium. The best game ever played was the first game there. BYU crushed Sam Bradford. So uh, looking forward to that matchup
0: again this year. BYU. Still over remember one. that
1: one? Man. Yeah, that okay, was yeah. that was a great
0: game. Uh, that's more uh, big wins than the Dallas Cowboys and University of Texas have had <laughs> in Jerry World. I gotta get his paid. Uh, it's Circus Sports, Circa Millions, and Circus Survivor are back. 14 million uh, are guaranteed up for uh, in prizes. Circa Millions five NFL picks, ATS each week. Uh, Circus Survivor just pick a different money line each week. There's plenty of money line underdogs, including uh, the, the Cowboys are in a uh, trap game in week one at the New York Football Giants. Enter in Vegas, play from wherever. Sports gambling podcasts will be out there the last weekend in August. That is at thecircussports.com all the details circus sports.com 14 million dollars i think that could get us to media day don't you think
1: we'd be running media day with 14 million dollars it, <laughs> yeah, it. it would be the big 12 college experience big 12 media day we'd be able to sponsor the whole thing
0: one day one day that, that's uh, in, we... that's in the cards within the next two, uh year and a half so stay tuned uh let's dive into so uh point of this episode today is the storylines headed into media day i know that it just started but We'll, we'll go in reverse order here where the West Virginia Mountaineers unfortunately come in at 14. Uh, obviously, they're over-under, in Vegas is set at 4.5. Their odds to win the conference are set at plus 1,500. So, Actually, sorry, plus 15,000. So I can't remember them ever being this big a dog. Rush and I are going to split this one. Everybody, for the rest of them, Everybody, each co-host is going to get a specific team, but since Rush and I uh, co-host the Ryan and Rush show and we're both West Virginia grads, we're going to split this one. The main headline for me, storyline going into the year, can the West Virginia Mountaineers be a physical team on the offensive and defensive side of the ball? They're 14-4 and four, uh, when they rushed for over 100 yards. We saw what they were able to do when they went to Garrett Green in that rushing attack, winning, uh, sweeping the Oklahoma schools. That is the main storyline for me, for the West Virginia Mountaineers headed into the season, Rush, I'll hand it to you, my man.
1: Excellent, excellent first point there, Ryan, especially as we've seen in the past years with this West Virginia team. It seems like they can always figure out one side of the ball, but they can't figure out both. So, going into what you were saying, and you were bringing up their rushing, they're 14 and four, is can Garrett Green be that dual threat quarterback? Can they run RPO? Can, you know, even a couple option plays in there, especially with their strong running game, great running backs? Um, and questionable wide receivers is how, to what extent can Garrett green be a dual threat quarterback. And then to keep it kind of really simple one game, there's one game on the schedule, Ryan, I know you will agree with this, that will kind of determine the rest of the season. And that is the pit game. It's obviously we have Penn state to start, you know, keep that game close, cover the spread, crush Duquesne at home in that first game, but that pit game, especially a game we should have won last year, anything can happen in a rivalry game. If we lose that pick game, and next thing you know, we're one and two. We're talking buyouts with Neil Brown, kind of like Chris last year with Wisconsin. Um, But if we win that pick game, man, that might be the momentum needing to go right into that Big 12 schedule. So in terms of storylines, it comes down to to one game, and it's it's week three against Pitt.
0: I I think we have a pretty good pulse on this one, Rush, obviously, since we host the Ryan and Rush show where we cover West Virginia sports. Troy, anything to add with the Mountaineers going into this upcoming year? Obviously, it's a big year for Neil Brown, and we are going to win the Pit game. So, eat shit, Pit. But I'll hand it to you, uh, Troy.
2: Uh, I really hope they beat Pit. I think. That, uh, <laughs> I mean, Thank you. That's, the whole, yeah. that's the whole. That's the. That's the whole over under season right there. It hits if they beat Pit. Like you could, you could lock that in if they go and beat Pit in Week One. So. I mean that week that three, could even but. just well week three that could even save Neil on his job even if he doesn't win much for the rest of the year just looking back and being like man at least we got Pitt this time
0: that it will go a long way for the fan base because nobody has forgotten that uh, in, ridiculous in terms of last year
2: in terms of they'll give him the season instead of letting him go you know five or seven games into the year if they can beat that Pitt game there's still gonna be that that hopium for the rest of the year. Like, yeah, but what if we get back to that? What if we get back to that? So really hoping that goes down.
1: Couldn't agree more.
0: We are all co-signing that one rush. You are on the clock for these UC Cincinnati Bearcats, newest member of the big 12. Give us some storylines for the Bearcats coming in this year.
1: Five hours away from good old Morgantown. Good traveling partner for West Virginia. Looking forward to that rivalry becoming a thing again. Uh, It looks like Cincinnati to win the big 12 is plus 6,000. The over under is four and a half. The three storylines I have for the Cincinnati Bearcats this year, new coach uh, Scott Satterfield from app state is continuing that culture that was built by Brian Kelly and Luke fickle. Can he come in? There's not a lot of expectations for Cincinnati this year. There's not the, there's really no pressure at all. Even if they, I mean, if they make a bowl, of course, great for them, but it's not even expected. It's just right now is building that foundation, building that, uh, culture um, going offensive wise. Emory Jones, he won the quarterback battle from their uh, spring practice, spring game. Part of me can he stay consistent and not make boneheaded mistakes? Um, the the Cincinnati team is you're going to kind of see how they do in the Big Twelve. Is are they able to come in, keep games close? You know, maybe they are kind of like Iowa State last year, lose some one possession games, but at least. Not be one of those like, oh, we're playing Cincinnati this week. That's an automatic win. So making, especially from the quarterback position, making the other teams beat you. And then especially with Cincinnati does have still a good defense coming in. Let your defense be be the offense. Be those ball hawks. You got a veteran defense is – Kind of going back to, to point two with the offense in the quarterback, Emory Jones, is, hey, you don't turn the ball over, you game manage, maybe you settle for a field goal, or maybe you just don't turn it over and punt it and get them in, you know, deep in their own position. And the next thing you know, the defense gets a pick six or something like that. So sometimes that strategy of letting your defense be, be the offense can can get you far and keep you competitive in games.
0: Cincinnati such an interesting team just with the way that they're transitioning over from Luke Fickle in the new era into the Big 12. It's kind of all hitting them at once with Scott Satterfield. So yeah, looking forward to see what the Bearcats got. Troy, anything before we move on uh, to to your next team with the Cincinnati Bearcats coming into this year?
2: Yeah, I'm afraid that all the things that Rush was asking of Emory Jones is the exact opposite of how that dude plays. So uh, he's going to be throwing the ball to the other team. He might not even make it all the way through the year as a starting quarterback. Uh, Cincinnati's going to suck. They're
1: going to suck real bad. I, I don't have high hopes for Cincinnati either, and that's for them to have a chance is, what was like their, you said.
2: Their, their season win total was four and a half, right? Four and a half. Yeah, hammer
1: that under. Cincinnati's I, going nowhere. I agree. I think they're a four-win team.
0: And and by the way, we will preview each and every team go leading up to the season. So don't make sure you uh, tune back for our official team preview. Maybe we'll sway to the over. Maybe we'll, we'll go five and seven. Shit, Troy has a Cincinnati shirt on right now, but he's still on the under as of right now. I'm uh, just being of,
2: honest. <laughs> hey,
0: speaking of a team that I think Troy may be on the under as well, or some others, Dana Holgerson in the Houston Ooh. Cougars, the Red Bull University. What we got here, Troy. For these Cougars that are finally in the Big 12?
2: So, uh, Houston's over under is also four and a half. I think that's an easy under to hammer. They're plus 8,000 to win the Big 12. I think that's an easy. I'm definitely not going to bet that. Uh, <laughs> it's very funny that Dana would talk about finally getting a Power Five schedule because since 2019, Dana's 0 and 11 against now Power Five teams. And the only win is against Auburn in that 2021 Birmingham Bowl that kind of ended kind of wacky. Uh, you know, they're rolling with a Texas Tech transfer and Donovan Smith at quarterback that kind of seems to be the, the rest of the league is also going for old Texas Tech QBs. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I think Houston's season is going to be determined right away uh, with UTSA playing them right off the bat. They barely got him. Houston barely got him by two points last year, 37 to 35. And I think UTSA is a little bit of an improved team, whereas Houston has taken a step back. Uh, The biggest storyline is going to be how many weeks does Dana make it because there's no way he's making it through this year, right? Like they finally get into the Big 12. They finally get the exposure that they're looking for. And then you can't just have a guy – lay an egg like that i mean i know he's literally his head is an egg but
0: (laughs) well hey the the ironic thing troy is that at the late in october i hope this isn't the case for the mountaineers you could have a loser loses their job type game with dana versus neil brown the irony of uh, Neil Brown replacing Dana Holgerson, so yeah, no, a lot of a lot of storylines with Houston. Rush, anything to add for our former head ball coach down at, uh, in in H town?
1: I to give Dana some credit is I really liked him being the coach here. Wish West Virginia at the at the time would have paid them, but but clearly it didn't make a difference. Um, no, I just he keeps talking about the future and how recruiting is going to get better, and it's like,
0: dude, I don't know if you're going to make it past week <laughs> three or four. So we'll see. Yeah, we shall see, and we also shall see with Underdog Fantasy because we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many different states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code sgpn for a 100 deposit up to 100 that's the underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn all right we are moving what? along and i think i think everybody can guess who's gonna have this team for their preview this is like who's gonna be that, the expert that's that gonna season. have west virginia so uh yes rush let us know how the mormons are gonna be this year
1: the good gospel of byu factory man that the uh <laughs> That quarter, I, I mixed it up. The good gospel of BYU football, the former quarterback factory, plus six thousand to win the Big Twelve. Owned over under six. Uh, I did the preview with Colby on the channel. It's five and a half at the time. We're now at six. So they 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 must have heard you know our argument for BYU. Had him going seven and five on the preview. So they they bumped it up to six. Um, one of the big storylines going in is their new defensive coordinator Jay Hill from Weber State. Weber State was a fantastic FCS team, great program, and definitely an up-and-coming one. Um, he's totally re- revamping and re- revitalizing their defense. Um, Going to be more aggressive, and I think because of the history of BYU being that quarterback factory, is there's always been this um, mindset to lean on the offense, that the offense will win you the game, and we've seen the defense in the past be flat-footed, not be able to make a stop and you know lose games because of it. So looking forward to seeing this aggressive uh, style of defense, um, and Jay Hill, you know, you know, going from a head coaching job to a defensive coordinator job. I also think if stataki for whatever reason, gets another job, or does is not the guy um, that he wants that head coaching job. So I think it's an investment on himself and a belief in himself that he's going to put together a pretty great defense. And I'm glad they're opening against two FCS opponents too to get the defense um, together before they take on Arkansas. Uh, and the next one, um, not not a fan of slovis because of obvious reasons the former pit quarterback but that it, guy. yeah i'm in a really <laughs> he was weird just like... chasing some punani cut, cut him <laughs> some slack yeah i i'm in a really weird like oh i kind of got to cheer for this guy but he said fuck west virginia and yeah. it's there i brought it up doing a lot of mental exercises in my head trying to figure out this one but for the sake of byu football big question is can he stay healthy if if he can stay healthy this is this seven maybe squeak out eight win team If he doesn't, then we're obviously hitting the, the under. And, you know, what goes into that is they're playing the most power five teams they've ever played 10 this year. Um, So going kind of from that independent schedule where they would, they would pile it up. They, they would, they did a great job. You know, we brought up the coastal Carolina game two days two days notice back in 2020. BYU has always had the mentality. We'll play anyone, anywhere. Uh, but, you know, having the home field advantage of Provo, having the FCS opponents to start to kind of tune up um, is is how are they going to respond? Is this going to be kind of a seamless transition like a lot of people think or at least more of a seamless transition than the other opponents coming in? Or are they going to, you know, get smacked around a little bit and, and not be as seamless as they thought? So interesting there for for the old Cougars.
0: We need to set up a Big 12 SEC challenge. Now that it's done in basketball, we need to set up with football because the Big 12 will beat the SEC in a, in a football challenge. I guarantee it because these bottom four teams, are you kidding me? BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, West Virginia are your bottom four worst teams? I mean, I, I, I think you can make an argument for all of them that, to overachieve and be in the hunt.
2: With um, how we've talked about how even this league is from top to bottom – it's going to be hard for any of these teams to go all, to Provo at elevation yes. and win a game that's going to the, their home advantage is going to play a lot especially for the first couple of years that they're in the league but definitely right off the bat BYU is a scary football team just because of that and like we talked about on the last episode they're they're a national brand they've got a lot of they fans do. all over the place a lot, a
1: lot of, of
0: mormons running a lot, out lot there. of
1: mormons and, all over soaking. the place and a lot of Mormon soaking. I want to add what I want to add one more point that that helps out BYU in today's you know NIL and transfer portal. A lot of guys you see it with Slovis, right? They don't want to go to BYU to do four or five years in the Mormon culture lifestyle. But you, someone like Slovis is being like, I need my chance. I want to go back to where they have great quarterbacks and a reputation of quarterbacks. I can deal with the lifestyle for a year or two as opposed to four or five. So that is something that that helps out BYU. And there's a lot of money in Provo too. So. Going to be interesting for years to come to see how BYU responds to all of that.
0: Yeah, and looking forward to it. And and, and I agree with the main guys over at the main station. Is uh, BYU West Virginia needs to become Catholics versus Convicts Part Two, meth versus Mormons. So yeah, Mormons yeah, versus
2: Methods, baby. Yeah,
0: let's go. Yeah,
2: we're we're like we need to have that. Uh, obviously, we hate the uh, the neutral site like league games, but that one could be okay if we had it at like a park.
0: <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I mean, well, we, we basically.
1: Play- played at fedex field it basically was at a park
0: yeah surprised nobody blew out their knee with that bullshit turf that dan snyder's got so that was a uh, Taysom hill back in the day Taysom hill yeah for skylar howard it's a yeah, great game yeah. now he's a tight end so figure that rush you are on the clock again and you got oh. i know a team that you're high on i think a, a lot of us are high on this team uh Break down the Cyclones for us.
1: Absolutely. Got my great Uncle Dick, lives in Ames, Went was is, is a professor at Iowa State. Um, Iowa State is plus uh, 2,500 odds to win the Big 12. Over under is 5.5. And, and one of the reasons I am high on the Cyclones this year is they lost six one-possession games last year. Um, their offense averaged 20.2 uh, points a game, while their defense averaged point. 20.3 points allowed. So just that 0.1, I mean, it's a game of inches, right? In football, you see what a 0.1 can do, and that's six games right there. So I think you were going to see something similar to kind of a mirror of that. Maybe they go eight and four this year. Um, I think another big kind of going back into the cu- quarterback, Hunter Decker, has to cut down on the turnovers, has to play disciplined football, threw for 19 touchdowns last year, but had 14 interceptions, needs to cut those interceptions down by at least, at least five, at least in, h- half of them would be nice, but at least by five of them. Um, they also have a new offensive coordinator and all, uh, offensive line coach. Uh, the, the new offensive line coach was from uh, UNI, uh, and, and they should have a good offensive line this year. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, age, some depth to it. Uh, it should definitely improve from last season, so we'll see how that goes. And then the defense just kind of has to keep doing what they're doing. Um, do you definitely, you know, keep opponents to 20.3 points allowed per game? No problem. But it, it, it's more a question of the offense because there are going to be those games. We've seen it where the defense is just going to let up a lot of points. It just, it just, the games just happen. So it's going to be a question is, can this offense respond? But defense keep, you know, digging your heels in and and, and doing what they do. So going to be an interesting season for Iowa state.
0: Yeah, and, and if you're trying to label a team that uh, regression positively that will happen, you got to go to Iowa State. You mentioned it, the stats, uh, the statistic where they lost all those one-possession games. The only game they got drilled was that last game in, uh, in, in Fort Worth when they were playing for the playoff. But I'm with you. And, and they're well-coached. We know that Matt Campbell's going to run a good program. Mm-hmm. Troy, what, uh, I know that the, the Sooners open with the Cyclones to start Big 12 play what do, you think of the, what do you think of these Cyclones as a potential bounce-back candidate?
2: They um, – you know they're going to be able to perform defensively at home because of the way that yeah. they always grow the grass longer and aim and, and, and you just can't run nearly as quick and the team's already prepared for that and everybody's always changing cleats on the away team like they're not ready for this – Crazy, whatever. I mean, you know, turf grass management matters out there in in Ames, and they show they show up. So that's a pretty home field advantage for them, I think. Iowa State has a pretty good chance of winning about seven, eight games this year.
0: There's one game I can guarantee they're going to win. It's going to be their last home game, and it's going to be against Texas because Texas is not walking into Ames, their final game of the year, and, and getting it done.
2: And I was going to mention that later when I talk about Texas, but this is uh, uh they go to Alabama in the beginning of the year and they go to Ames, and that's the only games they play outside of the state of Texas.
0: Yeah, No, it's, it's a favorable schedule. They look like a prime bounce back opportunity. Speaking of bounce back opportunities, Kansas bounced back from about uh, 10 years of sucking ass and they have, the preseason Player of the Year. No, this is not basketball. This is not Hunter Dickinson <laughs> or Azubuki that we're talking about. We're talking about Jalen Daniels, a quarterback who had 18 touchdowns, four interceptions, and honestly, they started five and zero last year, and then when he went down, they, they struggled a little bit, found a way to get to a bowl game for the first time since the Men Gino days of the Orange Bowl win over Virginia Tech. I, I think the big headline here is now that Kansas is not completely on a one and a half, two and a half um uh win total i skipped over their win total by the way which is set at six even and their futures to win the big 12 are set at 50 to one i i think all of a sudden they're they're not completely the hunted but they're definitely not the total hunter when you got the preseason player of the year in jalen daniels lance leipold enters his third year there and, and they take it a step every year can they go from two wins to six wins to potentially eight nine wins Keep progressing in in that trajectory under Lance Leipold. Um, it, it's it's really going to be interesting because Kansas, it, it, like I said, we are not used to talking about Kansas in this way, and I think that's the biggest headline outside of just da- J- can Jalen Daniels be a true Heisman candidate.
1: I think Kansas this year the the bit, it's like you're saying can they can they maintain it's. Yeah. You you brought up the hunter and hunted. It's now that they've had a season of success, and they probably would have gotten more than six wins. We've talked about this. If you know Jalen Daniels doesn't go down last year, but now are you you got to make sure from a mindset and ma- mentality that they're not now going overconfident and overcompensating and thinking like, oh, we got our guy, we got this. We're we're just gonna roll in and show everyone who's boss is. Can can Leipol keep everyone hungry still? I think that's the question when it comes to Kansas.
2: I was going to yeah. say, in, in terms of the media that's coming out, specifically from Kansas or from Kansas itself, instead of like someone speaking on behalf of what they think about the football team, Leopold seems to uh, hold everything pretty close to him and not really you know, let too many people know about what, what their real expectations are outside of you know, saying the whole, like, oh, we plan to win the league. We plan to win the league. You know, we're going to go out and try to win every game. Leopold doesn't seem like he's, he's too emotionally high or low. And I think that's going to help them out a little bit.
0: I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in America. I thought he did a fantastic job at Buffalo. And even before that, Wisconsin Whitewater, anytime you coach and win multiple championship at Wisconsin Whitewater, you can coach some football. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think Kansas kind of fits the bill of all these other teams. It, very intriguing. It's it just, They could you you could have a ceiling where they finish in the top three, but they could also be back where they have been for years and years back in the bottom three. And I think it all it all depends on the health of Jalen Daniels.
1: I think you're going to see kind of just speaking at the as the Big 12 as a whole, but this definitely applies to Kansas, um, especially their their recent success is I think the Big 12 is going to be the conference of the most parity. I think you could go to the Big 12 championship with three losses, maybe four with a tiebreaker, but but three conference losses will get you, um, of course, depending on who it is. And I think you're going to see a lot of teams between that five and seven to seven and five range. A lot of a lot of just every other a lot of not a lot of streaky teams. And I think Kansas is kind of the definition of that.
2: Yeah, a lot of a lot of these teams will be able to beat somebody like Texas, and then turn around the next week and get beat by Baylor twenty-one or something like that.
0: It will be interesting, and we'll be here every step of the way covering it on the Big Twelve Experience. Mm. The newest, a hey, the highest ranked newest member of uh, the. The Big Twelve is the Central Florida. By the way, they don't like to be called Central Florida, and they don't like to be called the Golden Knights. So, the Central Florida, very, very Golden Knights. So. <laughs> but don't worry, Central US UCF, whatever you guys want to be called. I'm a big fan of your program, and I think you're probably the most underrated team in this league headed in this year. I got Central Florida currently UCF at forty-five to one to win the Big Twelve over under set at six and a half. I think kind of like these other teams, uh, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, how do you translate going from the AAC to the Big 12? Translate offensively, skill player-wise, they have Big 12 athletes with Baker, Harvey, Whitmore, Hudson on the outside, on the perimeter. And then Riles Plumley in year two playing under uh, Gus Malzahn, he, he showed flashes. He showed flashes at, um, at Ole Miss before that. He's a mobile quarterback, kind of like – all of Gus Malzahn's guys have been at Auburn before that. And I think another headline here with with uh, with UCF, year three of the Gus Malzahn era, can he continue the magic at the Power Five level? Can they turn the bounce house into what we'd, we would consider one of the best home atm- atmospheres like everybody else in the Big 12? We talked about BYU. Morgantown's one of the hardest places to play. Texas Tech, K-State, it goes on and on. Can UCF be that next... A uh, place where you got to go. Oh shit, we got to go down to Orlando and take an ass whip. And so I think that's those are some of the headlines I'm looking at with the UCF very, very Golden Knights in their inaugural year in the Big 12.
1: I think we're going to see next year one of these four teams that that joined this year in the Big mm-hmm. 12 championship. It's just you know we'll Agreed. see which team it is, but I think we're going to see one of them, and and it very well could be Central Florida. The shiny, shiny golden knights.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Shout out to Knight Library. Got wasted there a lot.
0: And and, and I and to uh, piggyback off of what I was talking about uh, with, with can they become the next that next home field advantage in in the Big Twelve? I'll take it a step further. Can they become not yet, but the best program in the state of Florida in years to come with the Big Twelve Power Five budget brand revenue i mean i I think that they could give florida florida state hell miami sucks ass they'd finish last in this league uh a a run for their money with now that they're in a power five big 12 league
1: they have the most students enrolled they have a lot of money in orlando you get disney involved somehow could be great for them most most recent national championship in
2: the big 12 (laughs) right like in football
0: yeah, they they did go undefeated. They they just weren't invited to uh, the college football invitational as Colby yeah, would but say. You can claim
2: whatever the <laughs> hell you want, you know. They played hey. better than like a, a, an old Michigan 1908 team that like created a team out of the practice squad just to beat the crap out of them on Saturday.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, Scott Frost, he, he he wishes he never left Central Florida to go to Nebraska. PC and, principal, and, Scott Frost. Oh, God, we, we don't need <laughs> – Nebraska left this league. They're they're in the stupid Big Ten now. So, all right, Troy, you're back on the clock, and I will turn it over to a guy that's on the TV in the background, my favorite coach in the league, Mr. Gundy. Uh, Troy, take it away.
2: He's a man. He's now what, like 57 <laughs> or something like that, 56. <laughs> He's the GOAT, man. Oh, man. So, Oklahoma State comes in at 6.5 on their over-under. And uh, I really don't I, – I would almost stray away from anything on that one. They're 50-1 they're, uh, to one to win the Big 12. Uh, both of those kind of seem like n- null bets for me, only because uh, my first storyline is when expectations are low in Stillwater – that motherfucker, Mike Gundy, puts together <laughs> some of the dumbest games. They, like they'll—they're going to lose to Baylor and beat Oklahoma by three touchdowns or something like that. It's going to be the craziest thing ever. Uh, this is probably going to be the closest that Gundy gets to having a losing season. I mean, I know last year they all, only won game over five hundred, but he hasn't had a losing season since his very first year in Stillwater in two thousand and five. Uh, that's probably worth trying to keep alive if you're an Oklahoma State athlete. They've got – this is another theme that I really like paying attention to. Alan Bowman, another Texas Tech transfer playing quarterback. Texas Tech has to have the most quarterbacks spread out throughout all of oh, college yeah. football. Yeah, They show up there for a couple of months, and before you know it, they're like, man, I could throw for 3,800 yards in a few <laughs> games.
0: Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Lincoln Riley. I mean, they got them all. They're Patrick gotcha Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's pretty good. He's okay. The, uh,
2: the last uh, storyline I wanted to focus on was the reason why I'm straying away from any kind of bets on Oklahoma State. They only returned two starters on defense, and they've got Brian Nardo, a brand-new defensive coordinator. It's going to look like high school football on defense.
0: I, and that, and that's why I think you got to take him 50 to one to win the big 12 in the league. That makes no sense. The team that brings back the lease, right. everybody's shitting on Gundy. he's lost it. I mean, I am taking a stab. He, like you said, he has not He hasn't won less than what? Seven games since the year, uh, his first year in the league.
1: Oh five.
0: Yeah. Oh five. He's won seven or more, uh, games in every year. And yeah, I, I think you got to take the over with Gundy. Let you me ride?
1: ask a question. Uh, I actually have a question about Gundy is I know we were talking about Dana and Neil Brown. If Gundy like goes out four and eight this year, is he on the hot, is he done or does he kind of then just go on the hot seat? What is his status at Oklahoma? Like what are his expectations, Troy?
2: So uh, I don't understand as to why if athletes are allowed to NIL deals, why hasn't Gundy, hit up a sweet like couple million dollar nil deal with oan and just f- himself in there and still water then the record doesn't even matter you can just keep <laughs> showing up to work with your your 2a shirt on and everyone's gonna be like man that gundy guy he just really gets it
0: i, I think he I, would be I mean, on the
2: hot seat i don't think they would let him go i think they would if anything it would be like four or three wins and then after the first five or six games next year they might be looking to move gotcha but- gotcha there's nobody I'll they never, can get better once they come to Stillwater.
1: I agree.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll never say I'll never say uh, never, just because of the time and day we uh, age we live in. I mean, you got people calling for Kirk France's, uh job over at Iowa, but I think they would be out of their minds just if Gundy finally had his first losing season since 2005 to be calling for his head. I mean, the guy's been a model of consistency. Hey, and shout out to the chat, by the way, Captain Insano. They got a they got a great schedule this year they they avoided uh Texas I, I looked at it the other day they're only gonna be dogs in like two or three games and I think that kind of goes hand in hand with why maybe their win total despite not bringing anybody back is seven and a half um, I'm pulling it up right now but yeah no, no I I, I love I love uh, okay state this year would you say I, Rush? I
2: had I had them at six and a half so the the seven number if you go back to 05, the seven number would crush it.
1: They, I mean, they're non cons really easy. I mean, yeah. Arizona states, they're, they Pac 12. They'll, they'll go three and 0 to start. Um, yeah, it's, they avoided Texas. Yeah. That, that, uh, I'm, I'm curious how that BYU game's going to be to end the season.
0: I think that could be a really, that could have some bowl implications. So, they avoided, just looking at the preseason polls, they avoided Texas, who was unrightfully ranked number one. That's just not true. Um, Texas Tech ranked number four, and then they also avoided TCU, who's ranked number yeah. five. So they avoided three out of the top five, and then they get Oklahoma coming to Stillwater, which is uh, Troy for somebody that has family ties in Oklahoma, fighting the Civil War. That's an autoplay taking the Cowboys bedlam. in the last game of bedlam.
2: Before they leave for another conference? yes you there's no way that oklahoma state's defense can stop dylan gabriel <laughs> oklahoma's gonna score 55 points on him but that doesn't mean that oklahoma state wants to still win the game <laughs> i just i put their chances at that one pretty low the only reason why it would happen would be some like magical uh where don't let the door hit your ass on the way out buddy
0: it's a fuck you game that's what it is yeah. so yeah 56 yeah. 55 cowboys get it done um, uh, we, 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 spent too much time on our, on our favorite cowboy. You can tell that we're a Mike Gundy podcast. so Oh, love Gundy. Shout out to, shout out to Gundy. Shout out to it's, it's, Fuck, everybody's got a problem. All right. Anyway, moving <laughs> along. Uh, we was got. Was that an ad read? <laughs> yeah, no, that was an ad read. And we're, moving <laughs> along to, we're moving along to the Baylor Bears, um, uh, defend, or not defending, two, to, two years ago, big 12 champs. Troy, you're on the clock for Sikkim.
2: For the Baylor Bears, well, you know, they've at least got some kind of continuity. I mean, everybody's kind of returning a quarterback that should be okay, but we don't really know how okay they are. Uh, I think the biggest storyline for Baylor is going to be if the linebacker uh, transfers they got can replace the defensive back transfers they lost. And I don't really know how they're going to try to find a way to do it. But with Dave Aranda there, I, I'm thinking that, I'm thinking that Baylor might be the surprise team of the league just because of their offensive. They've got more guys coming back. They've all the skill position players, which, you know, in the big 12, any kind of speed is going to crush anybody. It just seems like they're the quietest of all of those mid range teams right now. And I think I trust Blake Shapen a little bit more than most people in the nation do. So, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking that Baylor might be the one that you bet on to win the conference. I don't know if you have any odds on them because that's the only thing that I didn't write down on their conference odds in my little notebook. Twenty
0: to, uh, but it's uh, got to be twenty
2: to one. Oh man, that's got to be worth a bit of a sprinkle.
1: Absolutely, yeah especially knowing that all you got to do is
2: get in that championship game even with three losses or something
1: like that and you know pull it out how Ryan how you feel about Oklahoma State I feel about Baylor I, I think Baylor's the dark horse this year for the Big 12 and I think a very good litmus test to start their season is week 2 um, September 9th when they when Utah goes to Waco like that that will have a lot of implicate obviously it doesn't it doesn't affect the big 12 standings but that in terms of uh west virginia's pit is baylor's utah and i i think there'll be a lot of that game that will tell us a lot about this baylor team
0: i agree and, and i feel like i'm high on every team in this league you could tell i love the big 12 because <laughs> i've literally made a case even for houston cincinnati and hell of course west virginia but baylor fits that bill and i and i like their schedule a lot i like i like their schedule drawing Texas at home to start big 12 play That's going to be a win. That's the last trip. Like you said, to Waco. Um, I thought they got a couple bad bounces last year as well. Uh, the Iowa state game or not the Iowa state game, the TCU game where they did the uh, Chinese fire drill to be able to kick the walk-off field goal. I mean, they, they, everything that could go wrong went wrong, but of course, two years ago, everything that could have went right, went right. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I like Baylor a lot here. Um, Troy, you said you definitely like the 20 to one.
2: I, I, I think they're worth a conference championship bet at 20 to one. odds for sure. I, something about like, I trust Dave Aranda, something about just the offensive continuity and mate, like just crossing your fingers on defense to good old, like 2008 big 12 style. Like maybe they'll throw us the
0: ball.
1: Sorry to interrupt you, Rush. Oh, you didn't. I, I second the motion. I, I like that 20 to one a lot.
0: Yeah, it, it it seems like a good play, and and I, I was listening to Kramer as well. It's hard not to take a stab at three or four of these schools that are <laughs> listed at twenty to one or greater odds. I oh, mean, yeah. we just saw K State last year, twelve to one. When it Baylor was an even longer shot. I think they were around fifty to one two years ago. And hell, Iowa State they didn't win it, but they were in the game against Oklahoma all the way. They were around forty to one, fifty to one as well that year. So this is the league of long shots, and that's why it's the most entertaining league. And speaking of the most entertaining team last year, that was our TCU Horn Frogs all the way to the national championship. They don't have much coming back. No dug in, rush, break down uh, our horn Frogs, man.
1: From the uh, Mormons in Provo <laughs> to the Baptists in Waco to the Christians in Fort Worth. TCU plus 1,400 to win the Big 12, seven and a half over under. Three big storylines I have for them this year. A lot of people forgot. Duggan's leaving, but he also wasn't the starter last year. Uh, their, their starter this year, Chandler Morris, um, got injured in the third quarter opening game against Colorado, who they play again this season, uh, got, and, and that's when Duggan was able to come in. So Chandler Morris has had a lot of time to develop, um, kind of see what Duggan did well, get really comfortable, and I think because of that and the maturity, he can step in and do big things. Um, of course, we got new offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles, Uh, that Bryles last name may sound familiar, especially to you, Troy. Um, another, and, and this is kind of the concern area for TCU, almost the reverse Iowa state, because when you have one thing, you have the other thing. It's amazing how things even out, right? You had, uh, Iowa state lose six, one possession games, and you had TCU win a bunch of one possession games. I mean, that West Virginia game, Ryan, um, the, the Baylor game, the Oklahoma state game, um, even the Michigan game. Uh, a lot of a lot of breaks went TCU's way, so they have to maintain. They have to win those close games again if if they're going to go back to to the playoff or at least the Big 12 championship. And to do that is can their D, defense take a major step forward? Um, it's it, a lot of inconsistency last year, especially with how good Duggan was. A lot of you know the offense really picked up a lot of slack. Can that defense kind of be, you know, if the offense isn't performing, can they step up, make that step forward to then win those one possession games? Because if they don't, you're going to see. I think Iowa State and TCU almost flip flop this year in those one possession games.
0: Yeah, I, I it's hard. It's hard to convince yourself that TCU is going to duplicate that magic. They were they were the team of destiny, the magic. Mm-hmm. Sunny Dyke's first year. I kind of am with you. That they, they kind of scream at potentially this year's iowa state how about you troy
2: i would almost assume just like rush said that the the one possession games almost switch directly between iowa state and tcu i think tcu's got a uh i mean i know you're high on all the teams ryan but some of these teams are going to have to lose football games they can't just play each other and both win and i think tcu is going to be one of those teams that loses a couple more games
0: than expected yeah I, I I've convinced myself that I'm gonna be high on everybody but Texas and Oklahoma. So that's, yeah, that, 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 <laughs> I'm gonna Cap- talk myself into finish, them both finishing like one and eight somehow. <laughs> Captain
2: Insano's right, man. Cinderella turns back into pumpkin.
1: That's gonna happen to TCU pretty hard this year, I think.
0: Yeah, I I, I, I don't disagree. Go and ahead, I think Russ. that's
1: why you're gonna see like I I brought up earlier when we were talking about Kansas. I think there's just gonna be so much parity this year. I think you're gonna see almost all this conference fall in that five to seven to seven and five range is what are the
2: chances we get like a four or five way tie and they have to figure something out for the big 12 championship. That's seven or eight tiebreakers deep.
1: Wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: It feels like it, it, I can guarantee it's going to come down to the last week of the season. I know that sounds cliche, but there's going to be, what do you think over under we'll set the over under on tiebreaker scenarios headed into the last week for teams to toggle for position. We'll say five and a half over under scenarios, five
2: Five for sure. Oh, at least five,
1: five. So what, what we'll have, there's 14 teams. There would be seven games. How many of those seven games are going to matter for both teams or at least one team?
0: We'll say actually that that's a better way of putting it. How many games will matter or how many games will impact who could reach the final, uh, the following week in Dallas, uh, at Jerry world, I'm going to say over under three and a half. The, uh,
1: and it can just be for one team. It doesn't have to be yeah, both just teams. for one team. I'll say four. I'll take the over yeah. on that. I'll say yeah. four.
2: I think it might even come It might even be more than that. You might have teams Maybe thinking five. like, oh, man, if we beat Baylor <laughs> by more than 28 points, we'll get the fifth tiebreaker. And that'll get us in as long as Kansas loses to Kansas. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And Insano was a good point in the chat. They're going to decide this year by tiebreakers uh, <laughs> based off a third down conversion. So, yeah, that's about what the Big 12 is going to be well, this Texas
2: year. is screwed, so we're good with that tiebreaker,
1: Insano. It, <laughs> every every yeah. Big 12 team meet at Jerry World before the Big 12 championship. Whoever scores the most two-point conversions, yeah. then those two teams play.
0: The yeah. <laughs> I, I. I. I'm – I'm really looking forward to just the different matchups in the middle of the tier when these two teams, especially these teams go into a new site for the first time, the four newcomers. So yeah. Uh, Speaking of newcomers, Texas tech, all of a sudden has got some new energy out there in West Texas. They're over under set at seven and a half, 12 to one, same area that K state was last year to win the big 12. Joey McGuire's headed into year number two, Texas guy, through and thin baby high school Baylor um, finishes eight and five. We, we mentioned it the other day when we uh, were talking about the red Raiders came on really strong at the end of the year, won their last four games, eh, including the big bowl game where they just blew out Ole Miss. There's a lot. I, I think a headline here though, They seem to be a trendy, trendy uh, Cinderella pick here to make a step in year number two. But their schedule is really difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, They lose Tyree Wilson, who was the seventh pick in the draft to the Vegas Raiders. Can their defense duplicate the efforts? And also, offensively, can they keep taking a step forward um, that they that they showed in those last three to four games with Tyler Shaw, quarterback? What do you guys think of uh, the Red Raiders coming into this year? They they they're definitely a sexy pick right now to be a long shot to win the Big Twelve.
1: I know we're talking about it in terms of obviously to go to the Big Twelve championship and mm-hmm. and how how that will line with the rankings and that's you know the Big Twelve play You're, they're out of conference. But let me another focus on their out of conference schedule. They open up in Wyoming.
0: Oh they are going God. to Wyoming
1: September second. So. Yeah, uh, all right off the bat. And then they host Oregon, the same yeah. uh, the same day that, that Baylor and Utah play as well. So, I mean, we talk about litmus tests. I mean, there's two right off the bat for Texas Tech. Um, and then their, their big conference schedule opens up, uh, unfortunately I have to say this, but opens up a little easier with West Virginia than Houston and then um, kind of ramps up from there. So I – I, I think a lot of these teams, th- we're going to kind of know their identity from from the start, and I think this is going to be that Texas Tech team. I do like Texas Tech this year. I'm not as high on them as, as everyone else, but I do think they are they could win any game and they can lose any game. Their floor-to-ceiling is it, – it might be the biggest of all the schools. The big 12 in a nutshell right there. Yeah. <laughs> But oh, actually, really? speaking to a yeah. particular school, yeah. You said ahead, they Jerry. have
2: they have Oregon coming to Jones AT and T Stadium, right? Yes. Yeah. Not to be Jones. confused yeah. with Jerry. Jo- <laughs> Not yeah. to be confused with Jerry Jones's AT and T Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Bo Nix is about to look like Sam Bradford at, at Jones AT and T Stadium. <laughs> He's going to throw for two hundred and eighty yards, rush for one hundred and fifty.
0: I'm a uh, I'm I'm interested to see just like the rejuvenated fan base there too this year i mean they are they, they're they they're giddy for for football in west texas and, got, and rightfully so with the way they finished that season
2: you've got to uh you do have to give some credit they do get pretty rowdy out there in lubbock and west texas it's oh it's hell a pretty yeah. fun place
0: oh yeah that outside of morgantown that is probably my favorite uh big 12 town but hey i still love them all
1: well
2: provo now <laughs>
0: Now, Provo is not at the top, I can tell you that. What, you don't <laughs>
1: like the bars in Provo or Lafayette? No, no, I don't. I don't I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't want to d- decide between Aquafina and Deer Park. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Um speaking of teams, I don't really like uh I like Norman, but I don't really like the Sooners Troy. Preview the Oklahoma Sooners year 2 of the Venables era
2: year two of the Venables era and they've already got them right back at the nine and a half number for their (laughs) their win total, which is, uh, that's going to be tough for them to get to. They're, they're only three to one to win the big 12. I think you can stay away from that three to one. Uh, obviously the biggest story is going to be how this awesome defensive coordinator at Clemson came to Oklahoma and gave up 30 a game.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) We're, you got to get that number down significantly. Uh, having Dylan Gabriel is going to help them out, I think. Uh, probably three or four weeks into the year, especially if they can beat that Texas team, is going to be a great time to cash out your Dylan Gabriel Heisman bet. He's not going to win, but he's going to pull a uh, he's going to pull a Geno Smith and oh five gosh. or six weeks into the <laughs> no. year. You're going to want to take no. that cash out before things come crashing down. I uh, I'm very curious to see in the last year of Texas and Oklahoma being in the big 12 after Texas got them 49 to nothing last year. Yeah. We'll see if there's any kind of retribution or something like that. I uh, it'd be pretty cool if Oklahoma and Texas tied. I don't think that can happen, but that would be pretty sweet just eliminate them both from possibly winning the conference.
0: (laughs) No, no ties in college football, only the NFL and soccer. Um, (laughs) Rush, what, what do you think of these Sooners? This is an interesting team, by the way. That that non-con schedule is prime for uh for uh, SEC because it's Cupcake City to start the season. I know that they were originally supposed to play Georgeville and then Sankey wiped that.
1: Yeah, I I think with Oklahoma this year, I think I do think they bounce back. Um, I know we're going to be an anti-Oklahoma and anti-Texas uh, podcast since they're they're leaving and good riddance there, but. I think Venables turns it around this year. I don't really think you can hold last year too much against him. Uh, I know, obviously, being a defensive coach, uh, turning the ball – I mean, excuse me, giving up 30 points is, isn't good. But that whole Oklahoma team basically either went with Lincoln Riley to, to, with Lincoln Riley to USC or you know entered the transfer portal. So I, I don't hold last year too much against them. Uh, but year two, especially at a program like Oklahoma, especially – I'm pretty sure Oklahoma – in terms of boosters and money is is the biggest one in all of college football uh, so you got to turn it around this year you don't have the the time that a place like West Virginia has so I,
2: no. I wouldn't even go out on a limb and say it's more likely that Venables is on the hot seat after this year than Mike Gundy I don't, so
1: I, don't think, will... I don't think you're going out too far on a limb on that one though
2: because if, if Brent Venables wins six or seven games again oh
0: that' yeah, that's no. the,
2: he's, he's probably gone. Oklahoma is a spot that can actually get a coach that might step away from another job to come down there to Norman, especially going into the SEC. But I still think that nine and a half number, they might, they might win 10 games, including the bowl game.
0: Their, their, their schedule is so soft for Oklahoma this year. I mean, we talked about it with, with the non-con. I mean, you start with Arkansas state, SMU and, and Tulsa, and then, who is the other one that they're supposed to play? I don't see it. Um, but anyway, I mean, they're supposed to play Georgia, and they don't play Georgia anymore. So by by default, their schedule is a lot softer. And then the Texas game obviously is on the neutral site, so it'll be interesting with Oklahoma. All right, we will transition into my team, the Kansas State Wildcats, my 12-1 to K-State Wildcats last year, defending champs. They are back at plus 650 this year. Over under set at nine and a, or sorry, eight and a half. Uh, getting disrespected once again in the little apple, the better apple. Uh, this is year number five of the Chris Kleiman era. Uh, coming over from North Dakota State where he won all those national titles, he's 30 and 20, 20 and 16. Obviously, had the magical run last year. I think the story it's kind of the narratives are kind of the same with K State and Kansas, where they go from in their own terms being the hunter to the hunted. Now K state's got the uh, bullseye on their back, winning the big 12. I, I I think that it it all comes down to Will Howard. Does does he continue to keep making steps and steps? I mean, everybody likes to talk about Ewers and Gabriel, but the two best quarterbacks, in my opinion, are in the state of Kansas with Jalen Daniels and Will Howard. When Will Howard took over for uh Martinez last year in, in the TCU game, he won every single start outside of the Alabama game at the end of the year, including a win over TCU in the Nash- or in the Big 12 championship. And their offense seemed to just get another gear. Uh, I know they lose Deuce Vaughn, but they bring back their whole offensive line. I love the team once again. I mean, it's hard not to. It's hard to pick at the team other than they lost the little man, the little magic, and Deuce Vaughn. What are your guys' thoughts,
1: Ryan? What if I told you just even two years ago? maybe last year but i'll say two years ago that the two best quarterbacks in the big 12 starting in 2023 would be in the state of kansas you brought that up but it's like i still don't even believe that it's are you sure you don't mean point guards no i i mean quarterbacks so yeah hey it's it's point guards too (laughs) i i i think in terms of the the team that you know if you want to play the kansas state you know First TCU because they played each other in the Big Twelve, even though TCU went to the playoffs. But kind of similar teams. Um, who sustains their success? I, I'm leaning towards Kansas State. I mean,
2: at at six and a half to one, you got to put something on on Kansas State. They're they're the defending champs, and they're going to give you plus six fifty. I mean, that's it's got to be worth some kind of sprinkle.
0: It's a, it, it it amazes me at how disrespected they are again. Like they won it last year, they went to. Dallas, where TCU is located, it was a home game for TCU, and and K State controlled the line of scrimmage from that game, and they yeah. bring back their whole offensive line. Colin Klein, everybody remembers him, uh, being almost almost winning the Heisman there in 2012. I mean, K State's got the magic, I think, once again this year, but they do have to be the they do have to be the hunted, and the schedule is difficult. But I trust I trust that culture, I trust that program, and and it seems like the Bill Snyder days are living on strong with uh, Chris Klein, and they're headed into year number five.
1: They're, Ryan, their schedule's actually not terrible. I mean, their first three games, you know, um, got a couple FCS opponents, and they play Missouri. That game's actually at Missouri, but definitely a winnable game. Then they have UCF at home. They have to go to Lubbock and um, Stillwater. Austin. But yeah. then they also have, yeah, their biggest one's probably Oscars. Then they have TCU at home. Baylor at home, Iowa State at home, Farmageddon at home. They go to Kansas, but, I mean, you're still staying in the same state. I actually think that's a pretty good schedule.
0: Well, and, and the the hiccup game potentially because, remember, they lost to Tulane last year, the game before Oklahoma. They were looking ahead to, to Oklahoma. Yeah. Troy, Troy could be the potential hiccup in the knockout. That won't impact their Big 12 odds. But, yeah, no, I mean, I this, the Stillwater, Lubbock, and, and Austin trips are always tricky, but, yeah. I, I love K-State again. I, I can't say that enough.
2: Rush knows you have to be careful when visiting Troy's. They'll <laughs> they'll get you fucked up real quick.
0: Be, be careful of the rubber and be careful of expectations when they're high in Austin. Troy, your favorite team, the Texas Longhorns. Are actually, Steve Sarkeesian's uh, on the mic right now. The alcoholic him. Mormon. Uh, or the Mormon alcoholic.
2: Drunk as fuck.
0: No, I don't think so. Not yet. He may be after they take a couple early losses, but tell us why Texas is back or not back.
2: Well, obviously the number one storyline is always is Texas actually back? And with a win total over under of nine and a half and only plus one fifteen to win the conference. The answer is very clearly yes. Texas is going to win 11 games easily this year with studded coach Steve Sarkeesian. There are no questions around the team at all. They haven't gone 13 and 12 the first two years under him or anything like that. It's very funny you said that with joking around about expectations. My first line on my notes, it just says expectations, LOL. (laughs) Texas is not winning 10 fucking football games. (laughs) There is no way. No way. Uh, The first Alabama game, I mean, I guess they only, like we were talking about earlier, they only leave the state to go to Bama and to Iowa State. But I think you can chalk those up as two losses. And then I think they're going to lose another game in between everything else. I don't, I don't see them getting to that 10 number.
0: I just, man, I just look at the road spots and honestly, if you told me they were going to beat Alabama, then drop some of these other games, it wouldn't shock me. So, no, outside of outside of Alabama, I mean, could you imagine? Peak Texas is back. If they wanted Alabama somehow, my God. Uh, at Baylor, the final trip to Waco. At Houston, who tried to keep them out of the league for so, or tried to keep Texas tried to keep Houston out of the league for so many years. At TCU and Ames, I mean, what, what's the ceiling there? Two and two, realistically on the road there.
2: I uh, you do have to take into account that Sarkeesian worked in Tuscaloosa, so he knows all the good drinking spots there. He could that could be that could be rough, or it could be awesome. He could show up with a, a, a greater than Bob Huggins BAC and just start calling the craziest plays of all time and beat Alabama.
0: I I'm telling you, Troy. I it, call me crazy. Could Texas go six and six?
2: No, you're not crazy for thinking that. Texas, no. I, I could see them going seven and five.
0: Let me paint a picture here. I cause I love shitting on Texas. What if Quinn yours continues to struggle on the road? All of a sudden it starts getting loud in that in that quarterback room. Cause they got they they might have a couple of highly talented guys and and all of a sudden you got drama over there and the and the season unravels. I mean, they got I I read off the road games. You had Oklahoma too in the Red River shootout in, in the revenge game of 49 nothing rush t- give us give us some texas uh i don't know maybe maybe we're, we're too down on them they are talented i uh,
1: i so i i'm someone that prides myself on a realist and i want i want the audience out there to know is obviously horns down can't stand them but when it actually comes to making our bets and stuff is i will put the fandom to the side and give what i really think and here's what I really think. I don't think they're a, a 10 win team, but I also don't think they're a six win team. I think around eight, that eight and four mark is probably going to be right for Texas. I do think Texas has a little more sense of urgency this year because then they know they're joining the SEC. Now, to counter that is, and we've talked about this before, Ryan, is sometimes that Texas sense of urgency actually goes and, and hurts them. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, I want them to go 0 and 12. I, I don't want them to win it all, but I think they're going to be all right this year. I really do.
0: But I, I mean, their expectations are playoff. Which, well, I mean, the that's the out. problem. Is is yeah, the expectations
1: for Texas every year are the same. It's kind of like they're they're the whether you like it or not, Ryan. They're kind of the New York Yankees of college football. You know, the, they haven't the Cowboys, really. Been, yeah, yeah. The Longhorn like,
2: Network picked them to win every game, but Iowa State. Oh, they picked him to be Dude, alabama 31 to 17 when's the yeah. last time alabama scored 17 points in a football game
1: yeah that's 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 delusional <laughs> so you won't get ty- that type of fandom on this we'll, we'll keep it real and really give people what we think but i'm just eh, on texas it's there it's
2: I, uh, we got, we got something from Jordan 69 here that wants us to predict the score for Texas and Alabama. I'm oh. taking Alabama 41, Texas
0: 17. <laughs> uh, man. So what was it last year? 20 to 19 and Alabama played as bad as bad as they could have played. Uh, save is going to have those guys ready to go for that game. I'm with you. I like, I'll go Alabama 35, Texas 20.
1: It's in Tuscaloosa,
0: right? Yeah, yes. it's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. I think two touchdowns. I'll go 38-21 Alabama. Yeah, I think he's gonna have those guys juice to play that game. It, yeah, he's gonna motherfuck them all week. So, <laughs> oh, we got it. A- you, you yeah, got a Neil we- Brown. Gosh, that's uh, it. Is Neil you Brown, the worst coach in the Big Twelve. I mean, I don't see how he doesn't. Well, have he's an definitely top not. three worst. You don't have yeah. to ask that. You don't have to yeah. ask that
2: part. He's one of the worst three. But
0: I, 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 I don't want him to be. But as of right now, resume wise, yes, he is. He's the worst. Yeah. Based I, on I'd,
2: based on talent, I think I would actually put him about even with Satterfield because Satterfield has had way too much talent at Louisville to have had his players play as poor yeah. as, as they have.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Satterfield's a little bit unknown.
2: Obviously, Gundy's number one. Duh. Oh
0: yeah, hell yeah. We're Mike Gundy podcast, so that's why it's ridiculous anybody that suggests he should be fired. So, um, what,
2: what are the chances that uh, uh, any of these coaches move back to old schools? Like, what if Mike Gundy were to move out and they hired Dana Holgerson from Houston?
0: I don't see how Dana would get another Power Five job.
2: But remember, mem- remember those two years with Oklahoma State as the offensive coordinator. I remember.
0: <laughs> well, hey, I was going to say too. Dana gets Texas again. We remember last time uh, Dana played Texas, the Will Greer game in yep. Austin. He- he's going to have something for those Horns when they come to H Town at at uh, the beginning of uh, October. Horns down. All right, guys. Well, that will wrap up our, our storylines. I feel like you guys have a gauge kind of what where we're leaning this year, but obviously there's, what, six weeks between now and week zero. A lot of time. I mean, yeah, like I said, I've, transfer I've kind of portal
2: talked, Transfer portal reopens.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of talked myself into liking every team, but Texas and Oklahoma. So I'm sure I'll, I'll make an angle for a couple other guys. And then at the end of the summer, we'll actually give out our official picks. Uh, yeah, we'll be back Friday to talk big 12 media days before we get up on out of here rush tell everybody where to find you obviously the youtube crowd sees everybody's thumbnails but where else
1: absolutely at rambling rush on instagram and twitter uh of course follow the ryan and rush show as well where we jump into specifically west virginia sports almost trying to get to our 1000 subscriber mark on youtube growing quite fast so if you can give us a uh Subscribe on YouTube. That would be great. Check out the Ryan and Rush show. And yeah, that's where you can find good old
0: rambling rush. And how about you, Mr. Big 12 guru Messiah?
1: Uh,
2: you can find me on Twitter at, at Troy tuning my full name. Uh, or you can just search DC sports Messiah and look for the funny photo of me smoking a joint. Um, <laughs> you should be able to I'll find it pretty too. easily. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and please, you know, like and subscribe this thing for us so we can keep it, keep it pumping and hopefully have the sponsorship for Big 12 Media Days through the college experience here in maybe four or five years or something like
0: that. Less than. Yeah, no no doubt. Yeah, everybody subscribe to uh, the college experience on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your uh, podcast shows, wherever, whatever your source is. Also, uh, get, give us a follow on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Uh, You can follow me at Moneyline underscore Mac. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So that's all I got. And we will see everybody on Friday and let it ride.